On episode 43 of DevTalk, I speak to Jérôme Laban about the evolution of the UNO platform. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is Jérôme Laban. Jérôme is CTO at UNO Platform, and he's this is the second time he's been on the show, and I'm very happy to have him back. Hello, Jérôme. Hey, Kerry. How's it going? Very good. Uh, over here in Germany, you are in Montreal, is that right? That's correct. I'm in Montreal. And how are things in Canada? Uh, business is open, opening up again? Yeah, business opening up again. Uh, I could get a haircut and things like that. You know, that's a, that's a good thing to get. Uh, yeah. You know, a few months without it can can do wonders. And you, you probably have seen the, uh, the Prime Minister of Canada that has been not cutting his hair that much. So it's kind of a yeah, out of control. But anyways, the rest is, that, is good. Is that connected? I, or does that <laughs> From, have anything to do uh, with the situation? Well, uh, I'm pretty sure he's kind of you know, making sure that he's doing the same thing as the rest of the people. And they're not, ah, okay. not, you know, no, not going through to, uh, to mm-hmm. businesses and things like that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's getting lots better. Um, let's hope there's not going to be a, you know, too hard of a second wave you know, later on uh, this year. But uh, you know, summer summer's good at this point. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see where where this heads. Um, yeah, still a little tense, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we actually managed to finish the school year here today, wow. and with with kids in school, so uh, six weeks of vacation now. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what we do in that time. We don't know exactly yet. Let's hope it'll get better. <laughs> yeah. So you work at Uno, and uh, for the the ones who have missed the first show, maybe you could do a quick summary of what Uno is. Sure, sure, absolutely. So Uno platform is all about doing XAML and C Sharp across platforms. So uh, we're talking iOS, Android, Mac OS, and WebAssembly. So that's the, and, and Windows, of course, because it's uh, the same XAML that, that, uh, that it is all across platforms. And we, we based off the, the XAML that we're using in Uno platform from the, the WinUI XAML uh, so that it gets uh, you know, the code that you're building on the Windows platform across to all the other platforms that, that we target. And uh, let, let me interrupt here. Sorry, the the WinUI XAML. So Win I think last time you said uh-huh. it was the UWP XAML. Is that yes, right? Yes, exactly. So that, that has changed a little bit. So okay. Microsoft is is working a lot to get. So when we're talking WinUI and UWP, it's it's something that Microsoft has been trying to clear out uh, in terms of, uh, of meaning. Mm-hmm. And when we're saying WinUI versus UWP, mm-hmm. UWP is now more referred to as the container model to get applications running instead of a, on a Windows PC. So we're talking okay. something that you can deploy from the store, let's say, and for which you have a sandbox. So you cannot get out uh, easily out of, the, of that sandbox. So it's pretty, pretty close to what you would find with uh, uh, what macOS has been doing recently or you know when you're running on an iPhone for instance or, or Android you cannot get out of the the sandbox uh, okay. but when UI is actually the the the, uh, the UI technology that's used to to create applications on Windows so it's it's two different things so the CWP and when UI so and uh, and now they've announced that when UI is also going to be running uh, as a Win32 host. So that means that you can make an application that has access to full access to to the machine and not just what the sandbox uh, gives uh, you know, to to get access to the machine. So so that's okay, uh, that's very a very good news. Yes, it's yeah. a very good news. 
Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> please please no. continue. Yeah, yeah, and Microsoft has been pushing a lot in, in, in getting WinUI. Uh, so we, we're talking about WinUI 3. So uh, WinUI mm-hmm. 2 was the previous versions that was that was actually piggybacking onto UWP, the one that was uh, biked in on, on Windows, uh, biked in, in Windows. And now uh, they're, the, the whole thing that they're doing recently is all about pulling in, pulling uh, the, the, the code of Win, the, the code of what will be WinUI out of Windows and into a NuGet package that you can download and and uh, you know update as you wish and not as uh, the Windows team wishes. Uh, that's the mm-hmm. that's the best part. So Uno is all about getting that WinUI and some of the Windows APIs underneath um, to get uh, to run on iOS, Android, macOS, and uh, and WebAssembly inside of your yeah. browser. Okay. So uh, that's the that's the base of of uh, what Uno does. So. We're doing we're doing UI stuff, but we're also doing non-UI stuff. Uh, so that means, uh, for instance, if you want to access, let's say, uh, the uh, geolocator or uh, some parts of the file system, or uh, getting access to, let's say, display metrics and things like that, um, like to get the DPI and things like that, you you can go through the the Windows the Windows API. So we're also we're also facetting most of the the Windows APIs. Um, to get access to to the to platform specific features, so that you don't get wow. to you don't have to relearn everything when you're going to a new platform uh, as we go. Let's say. Okay, cool. And so, but you're underneath. You are using Xamarin. What is still called Xamarin, I guess. Yeah, well, it's still called Xamarin, but it's not for long. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so for for Xamarin for for iOS and Android and macOS, the support for all those three platforms. We're using uh, what we're calling Xamarin Native, if you wish. Uh, so it's, if you will, it's something that uh, that is uh, that Xamarin Forms is also using to create applications. So it's basically the the projections uh, of all the APIs coming from iOS, Android, and macOS mm-hmm. to the C sharp language. Let's say that's something like that. So that means that you can basically use all the all the the features from coming from the OSs, uh, but all all in C sharp, and and you don't need to do any kind of, of uh, Java or uh, Swift or Objective C or things like that. Uh, so it's it's all about doing the same thing. So we're sitting on top of this. Uh, that means we can evolve at our own pace, but following what the what the, the platforms are providing. So with each new uh, uh, APIs like uh, you know iOS uh, fourteen that's going to be coming out, or the new uh, the new Android ten things, or more or more recent that are going to be happening, we we can follow up with with those. Uh, that that's for uh, that's for all those three platforms. As for uh, WebAssembly, we're sitting on top of Mono directly, so there's no Xamarin there, uh, mm-hmm. and Mono is kind of fading out in some ways. It's still going to be there, but uh, it's being merged into uh, into .NET, so it, it's going to be a an implementation detail of uh, of running WebAssembly. So it's going to be .NET on top of WebAssembly, but under mm-hmm. under covers, it's going to be it's going to be uh, using Mono. Okay, and so uh, also for those low-level things, you're not using like Xamarin Essentials. You're you're no. using the layer underneath. You're, you're going at the, at the lowest layer you can. Exactly. Xamarin, exactly. Xamarin Native. Okay. Exactly, and um, you know if if uh, you know Xamarin Essentials is basically doing what we're doing, except that the the APIs are the ones we, we're not inventing APIs. We're just reusing the ones that are coming from the Windows APIs. Right. Uh, so it's just basically the same thing. Uh, so you don't have to relearn a new API, and uh, if you have to, if you want to access what's underneath, you can as well. I mean, it's it's not it's not a uh, it's not an abstraction. You know, it's uh, it's permissive. Mm-hmm. You can go through. Okay, cool. 
so and for for the WebAssembly part, uh, what happens when you like access geolocation or something like that? Oh well, that's a, that's a very good thing. So WebAssembly, for those who don't know, uh, WebAssembly is all about getting uh, other languages to run on the web. Uh, so we're mm-hmm. talking you know, Rust, C sharp, C plus uh, plus, you know, anything non JavaScript in some ways, uh, and it, it's it's opening you know, many many doors. And uh, and I'm, we're going to be talking about this uh, afterwards, but. It's all about getting all that code that's been running on devices, you know, directly on CPUs. They're 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 not you know JavaScript, let's say virtual machines, and uh, so that means yeah. that uh, the, the, the .NET has been able to run on this. So uh, the the .NET runtime has been recompiled over to WebAssembly, and that means that now it's possible to get C Sharp to run directly directly in the browser. And you know, in some ways, you know, when you have Spa applications, uh, it's pretty much the same thing. Everything's local. And aside from just getting the the payload from you know, to execute all this, but the rest is completely local. When we want to access uh, new platform specific features, or let's say geolocation, for instance, but there are many others. Uh, the the latest one that uh, well, it's actually not merged yet, but it will be soon. But uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it pro- correctly. It's MIDI. Um, so the the when you want to do piano stuff and music, yeah. Uh, so MIDI interface, and uh, so that's the kind of thing that, that you 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 can go through the UWP API and then under the covers, what we're doing is just go poke at the, the browser APIs uh, through JavaScript. So uh, so for geolocation, what, what's going to happen is that when you try to get the location, it's going to pop up uh, the standard, do you want to share your location to that website? And then mm-hmm. then the application underneath is going to get the, the location. But you're going to be, you know, as the developer, you're going to be using all the UWP APIs and that's pretty much it. Is there a story for using things that are not directly accessible by WebAssembly? Uh, well, at this point, no. I mean, it's uh, the mm-hmm. browser is a very, very big sandbox, uh, and it's tight. Uh, you cannot do things that are meant to be done. The only way to get things that are they're running differently is to run through Electron. So you can you can run WebAssembly applications in the in Electron. So in that context. Uh, you get more access to what the system provides, but uh, you have to host it inside of Electron. So if you're if you're trying to do something that's not possible inside of a browser and that JavaScript is not able to do, then the website is not going to be able to do. WebAssembly is not going to be able to do that thing either because it's sharing sharing the same sandbox. So what does that mean uh, to host it in Electron? Is it then inside a native app or is electron still in the browser or how does it work <laughs> yeah electron is kind of a it's kind of a weird thing so the idea behind uh, using electron is you're basically hosting a website inside of the inside of electron so uh, when electron loads up it tries to find the files of the website that's not a website anymore and loads them up inside of inside of chromium and then the code, the code, the WebAssembly code runs in Chromium, and then you know have your API, your your content, your content just shown as if it were a, a local application. Uh, but you get access to all the JavaScript APIs that that Electron provides, and most most of this is about getting access to to the system underneath. Okay, yeah. So it's a bit like Cordova plugins. Uh, you yeah, pretty much. Yes. Break out of the JavaScript and then into the native world and. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's exactly that. Okay. Uh, so, what's new in in Uno? What what happened since since we last talked? the The last show was released in May twenty nineteen. So, about yeah. fourteen months ago. 
<laughs> so lots of things happened since then. Um, yeah, you know, we, you've, you've been busy. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've been busy quite a bit. So <laughs> among the big things that that we pushed, um, you know, lots of improvements improvements around uh, AOT. Uh, mm-hmm. So ahead of time compilation, it's all about getting. Uh, Getting more performance out of, of WebAssembly compiled applications, because you know Microsoft has been providing lots of support around the uh, what is called the interpreter. So it's something that basically takes the IL of uh, of an assembly and then um, executes it as you know, interprets it at, as it as it goes. But the problem is that it's quite slow, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a way to AOT compile. So take that IL code and and, and compile it down to WebAssembly, and it makes quite it makes it quite a bit faster, but also a little, uh, you know, quite a bit fatter in a way. In a way, uh, and uh, that's something that we've been working on uh, with uh, the ability to profile to do profile compilation of AOT. So basically, you run your application, and then uh, the pro- a profiler determines what you're running, what you're not running, and then you can you can huh. take that recording, feed it back to a new compilation that will only compile what's actually used and not not the rest. Uh, because okay. you, in WebAssembly, there's no way to JIT compile, so you have to do fancy tricks like that. Uh, you know, it's kind of a low-level detail, but the, the, yeah. the, the, the idea is that when you once you do that, then you get an application that's basically cut in half in size and mm-hmm. is running as fast as you know, a fully compiled application. So that's a, that's a good thing. That reminds me of my C++ days when, yeah. when there was like this, uh, after linking, there's this run where you run the application and the, you get the results from that. Yes. That is used to make another executable that is optimized for that uh, usage pattern. Yeah, exactly. It's called profile. Okay. Uh, profile. Comp- it's a profile guided uh, compilation, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing for uh, the, the same thing that we're doing with uh, with that. And it's the same thing that uh, that Microsoft has been doing for Xamarin. Uh, what is called the um, a startup tracing feature, which ah. does the same thing for Android. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's actually the same technology. It's just a little bit different because instead of uh, you know Android can do jitting and uh, WebAssembly cannot. So on one side you can you you're just you're spending a bit of time when on cold paths. So you just still compiling stuff and then you get the the full performance uh, mm-hmm. on on WebAssembly. Uh, you know something that's not uh, that's not optimized will stay not optimized all the time. So you have to go through all the paths uh, that you want to optimize properly when you're doing your profiling. Uh, but anyways, yeah. it, the point is that uh, it cuts the it cuts the binary size in half, and the the Uno calculator we applied that to the Uno calculator, and it really did cut the size in half. Um, mm-hmm. on, uh, it's it was very visible on the Android store, so that's uh, that's a good thing. Nice, yeah, yeah. We we've also published something around the the community toolkit data grid. Mm-hmm. It, that that control was uh, was highly requested, and we we added support for it. So basically, it's. Uh, it's a fully featured data grid that uh, has lots of things like visualization, selection, grouping, and and you can you can view that that uh, that application and that data grid using uh, using our sample that uh, that are available on our website. Um, mm-hmm. And you're basically doing you fancy line of business applications running that that control, and uh, it's running on iOS, Android, macOS, and uh, all the others. Uh, macOS, it's it's uh, it's actually going to be you know in the next release, but uh, it's it's. Almost there, and we're also going to be making performance improvements, you know, really soon. And that's something that's uh, that people have been waiting for uh, for quite a while. So uh, that that control is uh, asked a lot for line of business applications. 
And when you say macOS, is that running what used to be Xamarin Mac, or is that running what used to be .NET Core? So it's Xamarin Mac. Uh, so that that's another thing okay. that that we that we did um, in the in past few months. Um, it's it's all about just getting access to you know, uh, allowing people to develop macOS applications. So it's actual Xamarin Mac applications. Uh, mm-hmm. Using the same thing as you know when you're developing on iOS and Android, so it's all Uno based, but underneath we're using the the NSKit APIs, uh, AppKit API, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, to to create to create actual native uh, Mac applications. And to prove that it works, we we ported the Uno calculator that we did for iOS, Android, and web, and we ported it over to to macOS. So you can you can use the Windows calculator on on the Mac as well. Mm-hmm. But it seems that like Microsoft is completely moving in the it, it's it's doing the work uh, that's completely going the direction that you're heading. Uh, so they're, they're unifying everything, yes, and putting everything back everything into .NET. We had like two shows ago, I think it was Imo Landworth from the yes. <laughs> .NET team, and and he uh, told us a little bit about the the work they're doing there. And yeah, I, I found that find that really fascinating that. This is. Uh, it seems like like every everybody wants to move in that direction. That that everything yes. flows together, and and it, it makes so much sense. I'm I'm, yes. I'm a bit sad that the Zemmer name is going, but that that's just a name. <laughs> oh well, yeah, it's just a name, and then you know it's you know still the 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 heart of the feature is still there. So it's it's yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing, and you know uh, you know Emo probably talked about this, but. Uh, the, the .NET 5 wave is going to be very interesting for uh, for for Xamarin, well, what used to be called Xamarin iOS Android, and, mm-hmm. and Mac. Uh, the point would be that um, uh, it's the new 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 uh, the project format, uh, the SDK style projects. They're yeah. going to be ubiquitous and uh, not the the Frankenstein stuff that that we have at this point. And mm-hmm. that, that will help a lot to to streamline development. And it's as it's. You know, it's a bit of a problem at this point. So, so we'll see what's going to happen. But uh, you know, we're we're eagerly waiting on the on those updates to get something easier to work with for people that 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 want to do Uno development. Yeah, we, we uh, also had David Ortenau on the show, and we talked about yes. the like uh, single project approach, so that yes. you have all the all those platforms in one one project. That's also something that that, that seems like it would be really good fit for Uno. Uh, yeah, we're going to be using everything that comes out of that that thing, and and we're 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 pushing the boundaries there in terms of of using all at once, um, and uh, you know, and even a little bit more. And if if uh, people are going to be attending UnoConf uh, virtually, and they're going to be seeing uh, other things that we're doing, and uh, that's that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So adding new platforms is uh, is always a challenge, but uh, yeah, if if they get to what they want to do. Uh, that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, UnoConf is a good uh, keyword. Uh, you, uh, this is. I think th- this happened after we last talked. Was the first installment right? Yes, it was. Uh, it was in September. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, it's September. And this, that was still in person. That was in person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. It was good. We had a lot of attendees. That's that was a, that was very nice. And this mm-hmm. one, this one's going to be completely uh, virtual. And it's going to be. Around August, so a twelfth uh, of August. Okay. And we're going to be talking about lots of things uh, that we've been doing recently, and uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to attend because I uh, you, I was so fascinated by the show we did last time that I handed in a conference talk 
uh, which was supposed to be last month, but it got postponed, ah. uh, the conference. And uh, it's going to be in December now, I think. And I oh, wow. st- still don't know if it's going to be in person or not. And I, I'm going to be talking about Uno, and I still ha- have yet to write uh, a project because <laughs> I can't do it in my day job. And uh, it's been a bit busy with the kids at home also. But uh, yeah, so time is hard for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to catch up um, and and get up to date and no and worries. write my first little uh, hello world at least. Yeah, well, it's it's something that we've been improving. You know, the, during the past few weeks, uh, a few few months, sorry, uh, is trying to get the the onboarding a bit better. We added support for uh, for all the .NET new projects, so you can mm-hmm. go and uh, do uh, just a .NET new something. Uh, we added Prism support as well, so you can do uh, a Prism. A Prism-based application using uh, .NET New and Uno App Prism. So that one is going to be creating a a new application based off of uh, Prism. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of things that that we've been doing uh, recently in terms of you know getting on board and making it making it easier to to work with uh, with Uno. Another thing that we added recently is debugging a, a WebAssembly application from Visual Studio. Microsoft Microsoft has been doing uh, has been adding that support inside of uh, inside of Mono, and uh, nice. we we took that over. So you can basically be in Visual Studio, press F five, and then put breakpoints inside of your, of your WebAssembly application, and and never leave Visual Visual Studio. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, really nice. I I see you're putting a lot of energy into this. Uh, w- when we last talked, you told us about how this was born out of the the actual projects you were working on, and you made your own. Uno was basically your own toolkit that you used to build projects on top of. Correct. And then that was I don't know when was like almost two years ago maybe that you decided to go full open source with this. Correct. There was uh, in yeah 2018. Okay, and I I see you still have this this uh, momentum going, and uh, this uh, it, it it kind of feels like uh, there's like uh, a big Microsoft behind it or something like that. You, you've <laughs> got the the um, you're investing so much energy, and and I was wondering how you do that. So the the, the business model of of uh, our venture is basically to have people just puncture our backlog, basically. That's pretty much what we're doing. So uh-huh. everything's open source and uh, uh-huh. everyone can use it in any ways. You can file issues and things like that, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be able to take those issues right away and, and work on those because uh, the priorities that we have may not be may not be the same as yours. So uh, what, okay. we, what we're doing is basically sell our support services so that if you want to have your issues fixed, then uh, come to us and then we can, we can work together to... Uh, to, to make that a reality and, and fix up your issues and, and, and get those, uh, those issues, uh, um, you know, ahead of the stack, let's say, and, and uh, okay. make sure that, that your project is going to, to go in that direction. That that's the way we're, we're, we're progressing and, uh, and making sure that, that we're moving on and keeping on that momentum. And, and, you know, we're, we've, we've been, uh, working with Microsoft specifically to, to get, uh, things moving on, uh, you know, quicker, let's say, um, mm-hmm. by gaining access to uh, to the mic to to the WinUI source, so that we can uh, we can leverage uh, the code that they've been writing, and that's that's yet to be open sourced, and so that we can okay. uh, we can add support for more controls. Like for instance, we added uh, support for I think it was the scroll bar the scroll bar feature that uh, that we didn't have, and uh, that that code is basically a 
uh, a port of the, the C++ code that's from WinUI directly over to, to Uno. So that's the kind of thing that makes us go you know, faster because we have basically, we can port, port, port in uh, controls that, that take a significant amount of time to, to, to work and design properly and just, just put them over to Uno and that's going to be working mostly as is. So that that's that's where we we can add more and more things like you know it's a the data grid control a data grid control is something that's really expensive to build yeah we took that control that comes from the the Windows Community Toolkit and we didn't change much in it uh, we adjusted a little bit of things because you know is you know there are some things that are not the same and we're 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 moving the code to. Um, uh, to uh, we're taking the code from WinUI and integrating it into Uno so that it looks, uh, it behaves uh, in the same way. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much a you know that kind of things that we we that keeps us going and we can add new features and 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 go farther uh, along because of uh, of that uh, that 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 speed of processing of of new features. That's really nice. Yeah, and I it, it, so this business model is working out for you. And, and it is. And it is. The it is. There are are big companies betting on Uno or or building their projects. How much feedback do you get? More companies are coming to us. That's for sure. Okay. It's basically you know I I've tried Uno and uh, I'm almost there. And then you know just something that doesn't work for me because you know that yeah. scenario and you know I opened that opened that issue and what can you do to help me to get that that running and. Mm-hmm. It's basically try it out and see what 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 it does for you, and if it helps, and if if it you know helps you going, then uh, you're probably going to be hitting issues because we haven't covered everything. That's for sure. Yeah. So so you know, come come and see us. Then then when that happens, and then we can work together to get that resolved. And so yeah, more more and more companies are are coming to us to uh, to to get their code running, especially on WebAssembly. That's the, the that's the biggest driver for us at this point. Are those companies typically like the coming from Windows development, XAML development, or are do you see companies that are coming from a uh, maybe from a different technology or don't have a technology yet, and then they're they're saying we, we want, want something that's truly cross-platform, and then they they pick Uno. Well, at this point, mostly what they're so most of the companies that we're seeing are are. Uh, let's say coming from a windows background and they want to reuse the skills that's pretty mm-hmm. much what they're trying to do and uh, that's the biggest part of you know the, the the value proposition of uno is that you get to access all those platforms at once uh, with the skills that you already have if you know xaml if you know c sharp then you can target all those platforms and uh, you know they don't want to to change to another stack especially going to the web they don't want to do any kind of uh, uh, any kind of JavaScript and and invent something new in in React or or Angular or Angular or anything, they just want to reuse what they have. So that's that's one of the the biggest driver that we get uh, down that road. But there's also a driver for 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 other types of applications, especially for Android that we've seen. But uh, yeah, it's the population's you know diverse, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what what are you up to next uh, apart from the the online virtual UnoConf? Uh, what else are you working on? Uh, so it's it's all about getting more and more features, um, mm-hmm. especially with regards to WebAssembly and uh, all the things that are coming up with .NET five. Um, we're trying to align to to get everything running as as much as we can. As we can. Um, we're also we're also going to be adding more and more support for uh, for Linux. You know, as people have been asking for that, so that's uh, that's another part where uh, you know, uh, with macOS and all that, because we can reuse all those 
um, you know, the code is, is reusable as is on all platforms. You're know, getting yeah. getting Linux to work is, I wouldn't say it's not a big deal. That's not the case, but you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting for us because we can reuse a lot of code between platforms, and uh, and especially with uh, with the, all the .NET Core stuff that been, that's been added recently. You know, like, uh, adding support for that for uh, let's say running on Raspberry Pi or something like that. That's the kind of thing that we're looking at. Uh, but then also all the WinUI three stuff that's coming up uh, from Microsoft mm-hmm. and aligning, uh, adding more more and more controls that are coming from WinUI to uh, to Uno. I see the like Microsoft is really changing what you are building on. Uh, so they're, they're iterating. So WinUI is changing, .NET is changing, Xamarin is moving to .NET. And is this also the case for WebAssembly, or is that something that's like already established and and not moving so fast anymore? No, no, no. WebAssembly is moving fast. <laughs> it's, okay. it's moving quite fast, um, especially with uh, with Microsoft pushing Blazor quite a bit, mm-hmm. and and WebAssembly has to has to move forward. And if you look at uh, everything that go that's going on with uh, with the browsers, there is no new version of uh, V8 that doesn't have any kind of uh, WebAssembly optimization or new, or new feature that that's coming in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's moving, and, and we we kind of we're kind of pushing in, in that direction. And and one thing that uh, that we've been working on is um, improving the support for Skia Sharp. Uh, so Skia Sharp is something that's been working on with uh, with Matthew Libowitz from Microsoft, mm-hmm. and uh, the the WebAssembly and Uno support is going to be integrated into uh, into into the official Skia Sharp. So that's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting one. So it, uh, for those who don't know, Skia Sharp is about drawing. Things like uh, lines, images, fonts, and things like that onto a canvas. So it's a kind of a very, very efficient canvas uh, drawing library, and uh, it, it works on WebAssembly pretty well. So that's that's pretty nice. But there's also SQLite support that we 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 updated recently. So uh, so you can host a uh, an entity framework core library, uh, entity framework core um, data uh, backed database using SQLite inside of the browser. That's a, mm-hmm. that's cool. another very interesting thing. <laughs> oh, entity framework in the browser. And that's yeah. Interesting. yeah, yeah, yeah. Entity framework in the browser that works. Uh, it's actually something that's already available. If you go to, uh, I, I pro- I'll send you the the link so that you can post it in inside of the inside of the the podcast's uh, publication. But the idea is that there's an application that we we built a long time ago, but uh, that we updated recently. It's an application that contains uh, that allows you to write C sharp, compile it inside of the browser. So there's a it's hosting the full Roslyn compiler. It generates an assembly that can generate that can actually call some entity framework code and mm-hmm. manipulate an, a, a SQLite database. <laughs> All that inside of the browser. So that's uh, <laughs> kind of you know mind melting in some ways <laughs> because it's a yeah. lot of things that can run in the browser. Uh, but it's it's actually pretty pretty interesting to see that uh, you know, all of this is running just fine you know, without no modification at all. And 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 you're not paying for any kind of uh, of server side processing because you're doing everything on, on on the on the client side. Yeah, but you, you mentioned Skia Sharp. Um, so as I understood it so far, is that Uno is trying to use uh, the, like the native controls of each platform to yes. render. Yes, and this would mean. That you're drawing the controls, so this would mean like uh, one UI for all platforms, or or is this just part single controls, or what is it you're you're trying to achieve with that? So so Skia Sharp, there's actually two two axes on that one. 
the first one is just using Skia Sharp as a uh, as a canvas to render something inside of a let's say kind of an image, if you will. Uh, so mm -hmm. people are using it to draw charts, things like that. So you have the whole UI that's built using your know, uh, native controls and or native looking controls or native rendered you know, pixel perfect control and things like that uh, that that we we're, we're able to to provide with Uno. And on a very specific portion of the screen that you're displaying as a, let's say kind of an image that you can draw something in it. So that that's one of the ways to use Skia Sharp. You know, if you want to do, uh, people have been doing especially charts and and graph, you know, kind of graphing and things like that, like uh, audio processing yeah. things, do visualization of audio things like mm -hmm. that. So that's the kind of thing that you can do with this. So it's not about rendering the whole UI using Skia Sharp. Okay. Uh, the other access though is to actually do the rendering using Skia Sharp. So the whole UI being rendered using Skia Sharp, and mm -hmm. it's not something that fits all all scenarios. Uh, but it, it does fit some of those scenarios, especially with regards to uh, APIs, you know, let's say platforms that may not provide a reach UI uh, or or that, that may not have the, the type of features like uh, if you want to have very high performance drawing or things like that, that may not be available because you know, the, stack, the, the display stack is not fast enough. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's where you know, using that on Raspberry Pi make, could make sense. Because you could reuse most of the thing and 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 most of the develop most of the code controls that you've developed using XAML and C sharp and then uh, have those rendered natively on a on a Raspberry Pi, for instance. So that that would be using Skia Sharp. We're not doing this for all platforms. For one of the biggest reason is that if you do that, then you you stumble into the part where everything that the pro platform provides, like uh, let's say. Uh, accessibility or IME features, like uh, you know, when yeah. you when you right click on a on the text box or something like that, that mm -hmm. would we would have to emulate and redo, and yeah. uh, it's very 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 hard to do. <laughs> so uh, there are some scenarios that do make sense, uh, especially with you know, IoT stuff and things like that. That that makes sense for for uh, for rendering everything, but not not always. So it's all about choosing the best technology for the use case. And uh, we think that using Skia Sharp for that direction could be an interesting part. Yeah, I definitely see that. I, I so I'm a, I'm a fan of using native controls, and uh, this is it. It makes a lot of sense if it's like a, a consumer application, if it's uh, on the per person's personal device, and yes. say they're an Android user and they're used to what an Android app should look like, and and they know all the gestures and and the uh, where the buttons are. Um, yes. And uh, then there are other cases, or like we had a customer, uh, they they have a, an application they develop for their uh, maintenance crew. They they go around from customer to customer and they they fix the the devices that this company makes. Mm -hmm. And uh, or or maintain these devices, and uh, they get a, a tablet computer, and they don't really care which operating system it is. It, it could be exactly. uh, Android, iOS, Windows, uh, and if it's not the personal device, and it's the only application that's on the on the device, and uh, why would you would you try to make it uh, specific to that platform or make it look like that platform if if that's not the platform that that person is is using all day? So they their goal was to have have it look exactly the same on each platform, and the 
the typical Xamarin approach, that was really hard to do. <laughs> of course, of course it is. Yeah. That being said, you know, it's it's not something to using the current approach that we're 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 uh, we're applying with uh, with Uno. It's all about you know, you're using native controls, but you can make them look like uh, look the same and actually exactly the same across platforms. So it's not mm -hmm. it's not a, a it's not the biggest driver for for using for using Skia Sharp as a as a rendering technique. Uh, we're talking about uh, some of the there are some cases where uh, using the native stack may not give the the, the highest flexibility, uh, especially with regards to animations or you know compositions like uh, blurring and special effects and things like that that may not be possible on some platforms mm -hmm. that are when using where when using Skia. So yeah, it's it's uh, the battle between between the feature set is always is always an interesting one. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're going the right direction there. <laughs> we'll see that, but yeah. Yeah. Is there any place you could send our listeners if, if they want to get started with Uno and they want to find out if Uno is a good fit for their problem? Of course. Uh, it's uh, platform.uno, uh, the website. And uh, there's a big uh, big uh, purple button, get started, and then you can see all, we're, all, all that we're doing and uh, and uh, the showcases and code samples and and how mm -hmm. it works and things like that. So that's uh, that's the go-to place to uh, to get all the, the information about Uno. Okay, great. I will add that to the show notes. Any last words to our listeners? You know, come see us at UnoConf and uh, and see what we've been up to and uh, you know, provide you more details into what we're going to be doing next. So uh, on August twelfth this year. Great. Thank you, Jérôme. Thank you very much. And thanks for pronouncing my name the French way. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> so it's, we have a neighboring country that speaks French. Actually, we have two yeah. neighboring countries. Yes, <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> oh, no, three. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of Dev Talk, and we'll see each other again in two weeks. Bye bye. Mm -hmm.